everyone. Welcome back to the Shred Takes Podcast show. It's been a while. I hope you guys are doing well. Thank you guys again for tuning in to this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by me, Mike Shredder. I hope you guys again are enjoying listening to this content and are subscribed to the channel on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, today I'm going to break down my five takeaways or my main takeaways so far from the NBA season. Okay, and I think this is this is the way. I haven't done it yet, and I think this is this is what I'm going to do. Number five, the Chicago Bulls are for real. They are. You have Demar Derozan. You got Lonzo Ball, right? You got Nicholas Vucevic, who had 30 and 13 a night ago, right? You also have Zach Levine, who's right now a you know 25 point a game scorer. The Bulls are for real, right? They defend. They live off turnovers. They can get out and run with. Guys, with players like Green and Caruso and Lonzo Ball running the show, right? And that they have a very solid team. And again, they're coached well and they understand what they're about and what they need to do to get the job done. I think the fact is, I think right now they're also a team that can, I think, get possibly be on a cusp for an Eastern Conference Finals. I think that they also need a lot of improvement in terms of, I think, just they're not so improvement, but they need to show me that that. that their lack of experience still won't plague them in the playoffs because they don't have a lot of guys who've had playoff experience. DeMar Rosen has had a lot of it, and Nick Vucevic has had some playoff experience, but the other guys on their roster really have not had playoff experience. They, you know, you could say Caruso to an extent, but again, right? Zach Levine, their best player, has not made the playoffs or been in a, in a playoff series, right? So right now, Chicago has been a, I think right now, in my opinion, I think they're a top 16 in the NBA, and I think they're they're playing really good basketball. Second, so at number four, the Nuggets are just the Nuggets need Nikola Jokic to be successful, right? That sounds obvious, but Nikola Jokic proves again why he's the MVP of the league a year ago, right? If he wasn't injured right now, I, I think that you could make a case that he could be in the MVP conversation. And the reason why I'm saying that is because Denver was nine and six when he went out. They went to they went to be a 500 ball club when he was out of the, out of out of those games with his wrist sprain, and now when he's back they beat Miami handily, and he he makes everyone else better, right? He he, he distributes. He can run the offense. You can run the offense through him, right? He's very unselfish. He's a very elite level scorer. He can score at all three levels. Right? He's got a mid range game. He's got the ability to score in the post, right? He can hit the three. He's hitting at a 41 percent clip right now. So the guy is fantastic. Right, but you, you can make a serious case that at this point he might be in the MVP talks, and maybe if you were to hold the injury that he had against him. But at this point, I think he's in the MVP conversation just because of the fact of how bad Denver has been without him in the lineup. Number three, I think is the fact is the Lakers have been an absolute disappointment right now. They just have been. Right, the Lakers right now are twelve and eleven. Unfortunately, you know we wish LeBron well, but he's in the health and safety protocols. And they did beat the they did beat the Kings recently, but yeah, the Lakers unfortunately are just are, they're not the team that we expected. Anthony Davis has given you twenty four and ten, but his assertiveness is not there. Right, it's just not not there. And then you also look at the fact that right now the Lakers are. 15th in defensive efficiency, right? In the past couple of years, they've been number one in defensive efficiency, right? And then you're also going to look at the fact that in offensive efficiency, right, which is really important, obviously, going forward, 
right? The Lakers are not even the top 10. Lakers are 21st in offensive efficiency. Now, they're one of the highest teams in the NBA in pace, but they're not efficient offensively. Now, why would that be? Because Russell Westbrook is not an efficient scorer, right? It's because Anthony Davis has not been assertive or efficient. It's because they can't shoot the three. And due to their age, they can't defend the three because they're too slow on the back end and their rotations are too slow. So right now, the Lakers have been an absolute disappointment. And in my opinion, I think they're at best a Western Conference semifinal team unless they start pulling it together. It's not because I don't have faith in LeBron James. It's not because I don't think LeBron's a good player. But right now, they don't look like a team that can play defense at an elite level. And you have teams like Utah. You have teams like Phoenix. You have teams like Golden State, right? Denver. Even the Clippers, right, without Kawhi, they can still hit threes at an elite level, right? And even looking like teams with the Grizzlies and other teams across the board in the Western Conference, those guys can hit the three. And the Lakers simply can't do that. So that's just that's my, my third takeaway. The second takeaway right now is that Steph Curry at this point has to be the MVP of the league. I know he had a, a rough night in Phoenix, right? It's probably him or Chris Paul, but Steph Curry has been playing at an elite level. Going to last night, he was tied with Kevin Durant in the league in scoring. It, the Warriors had the best record in the NBA. And then you also have the fact that, to be honest, the Warriors right now are a title contender because of Steph. Right, Steph right now, entering that game against Phoenix last night, we were talking about him being the best player in the NBA right now. And I, I don't think that necessarily changes. Right, People have a bad game from now on. And, and, and you look, look, credit to Mikel Bridges and that Phoenix defense and Monty Williams' game plan, right, of being physical with him on cuts, taking away his airspace and attacking him on defense because he shot 4 of 21 last night. But he still, in my opinion, is the MVP of the league right now. And I think that needs to be put into consideration. And I think the fact is, look, everyone's saying, well, when they get Clay back and when they get James, James Wiseman back, they're going to be at a whole different level. Right? This team currently right now can still make a run in the Western Conference Finals or even the NBA Finals, right? Can they, with, with Clay and Wiseman, I think they have a better chance to win, obviously. But these guys are, the way the Warriors are playing is, a, is very reminiscent of when they won in 2015 and 2016 because well and sorry where they won the finals in 2015 and got to the finals in 2016 because they moved the ball everyone has a chance to be active in the offense Steph Curry's moving off the ball again it's very easy to play with a guy like that and Draymond's able especially when you blitz Steph Curry on ball screens Draymond Green's able to be effective and that's all the Steph Curry effect and I think that's why you look at this team without Steph Curry they would not be nearly the same team. And right now, in my opinion, he has to be the MVP of the league. And, the, and the, the, my top takeaway is the Phoenix Suns right now are the best team in the NBA. 100% they are. And I told people this at the beginning of the year, and they thought I was crazy. I said, mark my words about the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix is, was going to come back this year a little bit motivated, a little bit more hungry, and they have a nucleus that is going to make them a championship successful team for now on. You see all these people now saying, Oh well, we believe we 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 believe in Phoenix as a championship team. They didn't believe in them at the beginning, right? No one really, a lot of people really didn't think that Phoenix was going to be a contender. It was like Lakers, Nuggets, right? Golden State Warriors, and Phoenix was kind of on the back end of that, right? You see people add Utah over that, right? Everyone's like Phoenix is kind of a one-year wonder. I don't think so, right? Right? Right now in clutch play, they are the best. They have the best statistics in the NBA, right? Devin Booker. 
and Chris Paul are the two most efficient players offensively in the clutch this season. And what does that totally represent? It means that, A, they've improved from last season, and they've become better in those situations because they've been in those moments before, especially Devin Booker, who just hurt his hamstring, but hopefully he'll be okay and ready to go for more games. But also thinking about guys like DeAndre Ayton, who had a big game last night against the Warriors, right? You have looking at the guys like Mikael Bridges, right? Ultimate glue guy. Look at Jay Crowder, right? He's got experience. Then Chris Paul's leadership and Monty Williams being a mentor and a teacher to these younger guys. Phoenix is in position right now to be the best team in the NBA, and they are the best team in the NBA. And at this point right now, I would, I would pick them to win the NBA Finals. I would, because they have a good cohesion about them. They play they defended a very high level, and they have a nucleus that you can trust, right? Golden State, they beat Golden State, right? And, and the Golden State doesn't have Klay Thompson back. You don't know what Klay Thompson is going to be like when he comes back. I think Clay's going to be fine, but again, you, there is there is that big question mark around him, whether or not he'll be the same player when he comes back, right? And that is the big question mark when you look at Clay Thompson, right? So that is one thing that I can look at and, and point to and say, okay, you know, with the Warriors, there is some question mark. Phoenix is just okay. Like, what? How's Chris Paul going to play better when it gets to the NBA Finals? And I think there's a chance that he can play better. I think that there's there's a chance that he can make more of an impact. But I think right now, Phoenix looks better than they did a year ago. And the fact that they're on a 17-game winning streak, that, that is something definitely to take, take into consideration. We're going to take a quick break, but when I come back, we will be talking about my five NFL takeaways so far from this point of the season. All on coming back up in a second. See you guys shortly. Welcome back, guys, to the Shred Takes Podcast Show. I'm Mike Shredder. This, this episode today is brought to you by Mike Shredder's Shred Takes Podcast Show. So thank you guys again for tuning in. And I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode so far. The second segment is, is going to be pretty simple. All right. So what I'm going to be talking about is my five NFL takeaways right now from this season. And it, it goes like this, right? Number five, the Washington football team right now looks poised to possibly be a playoff team. And it was hard to say at the beginning of the year when they were terrible and they didn't look very dynamic, and they're still not very dynamic. But they have a chance to control their own destiny. They play Dallas, they play the Eagles, and they play the Giants. All very winnable games. And they're not completely out of the NFC East picture in terms of winning that division. I don't think they're ideally going to win that division. I think they're going to split a game with Dallas. But they have the control of their own destiny. I think right now they're a better team than the Eagles because Taylor Heineke is more consistent than Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is more dynamic, but Taylor Heineke is more consistent in terms of at least being a little bit better of a passer and making slightly less mistakes than Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts is more dynamic. It's just we don't know yet with the Eagles what team will get each Sunday because they're just very Jekyll and Hyde at this point in the season. Number four is the fact that, look, the Rams are not going to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't think that. And – I, I think Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback. I think Sean McVay is an excellent head coach. But I think the fact is that they throw the ball way too much. And I think that Matthew Stafford is making a lot of errors that got him in trouble in, in Detroit. And you look at the fact that three straight games, he's thrown a pick six. And you look at the fact, also the fact, that their defense right now is not as elite as it was. Right, They've allowed 36 points. And they've allowed 30 points in a, lot, in a couple straight games. and yeah, to they allowed 30 points to the Tennessee Titans. They allowed over 30 points to the San Francisco 49ers, and then over 30 points 
against Green Bay Packers this past Sunday. So I, I, I think they're a very good team, but this all-in strategy, I don't think right now at this point in the season I would consider them a Super Bowl contender. And that's just based on facts and based on the trends of what's been going on in this season so far. So that's the way I look at it for the Los Angeles Rams. Number three, the New York Giants need to get rid of Daniel Jones. And it's not because I don't think Daniel Jones can't be good in the NFL. I just don't think this situation is working out for him. And you're just basing it off numbers, right? The Giants just right now are not a very explosive offense. They average 18 points a game, 18 and a half points a game. And they can't put the ball in the end zone. And Daniel Jones turns the ball over way too much. He's been leading the NFL right now in the last two seasons in combined turnovers. And he hasn't really seemed to get any better. After a good rookie year where he had 24 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, the past two, the past two seasons he's at right now 21 touchdowns and 17 interceptions overall with a bunch of fumbles in between. And I think that he has a lot of dynamic ability about him. But I don't think right now he's the quarterback to lead the Giants franchise. And look, maybe, maybe they keep him in our year and they prove me wrong and that would be great to see. But the problem at the end of the day is I don't think he is good enough to get you to the playoffs. And that's just the way I look at it. Because the Giants have talent, and I don't think they're maximizing it. And whether that's Dave Gettleman being gone, whether that's Daniel Jones being gone, I just don't think one of the, that those situations has to go. right? And I think that you maybe starting by getting rid of both of those guys would be a good thing. But I don't think Daniel Jones is a good situation for him to be there. And that's just the way I look at it. Number two is that the New England Patriots have to be considered the best team in the AFC. Are they the team that I would pick to win the Super Bowl or get Super Bowl in the AFC? No, because I think that they're not as dynamic offensively as a Kansas City or a Baltimore uh, in, in late-game playoff stretches. But Baltimore has a lot of things that they haven't proven in the playoffs. Right, Lamar has won a playoff game, but Lamar is not exactly unbelievable in playoffs. Right, He, he, he can win games for you, but he is also very erratic. He, can throw inter- he has four interceptions in a game against the Browns last week, right? And you look at Kansas City, right? They've been very up and down, but they're starting to hit their stride. And But they, but again, right, there are question marks with, you know, their defense at times and, the, and the, during the season. And Patrick Mahomes will be willing to take the checkdowns versus trying to take a home run every single time. But at this point, right, at this point in the season, you have to look at the Patriots because they at least are the steady hand in the NFL right now. Right, Mac Jones completes over 70% of his passes. He doesn't make many mistakes. He has 16 touchdowns and eight interceptions right now. He's a guy that basically, you know, plays in the script and he can make a lot of big throws. And that's not to say of being a game manager. Mac Jones is a very good is, a, is doing a very good job this year because what he does is he makes the throws and he throws guys open and he and where the throws are going to be had. Or Belichick and McDaniel's talk about it during the week to him. He makes those throws that puts them in position. Now they could be better in the red zone, absolutely. Right, but with a great defense, with a great head coach, with a team that's not going to make many mistakes, you just need your quarterback to just keep you in position to score and keep you in position to not make mistakes where you're giving other teams easy opportunities and putting them pressure on your defense. Mac Jones overexceeds in that department. So whether or not Mac Jones is going to be, you know, the, the the future Tom Brady or not, you can arguably say right now that he's the rookie of the year, especially offensively in the NFL and he's playing like it. And right now he's giving them a good chance to be a Super Bowl contender. You have to, you have to acknowledge. The number one is that despite the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are the number one team in the NFC, 
due to the, the questions around Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins' health, I have to say that the Green Bay Packers are the best team in the NFL. And I would have to say Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Despite that one game against New Orleans, Aaron Rodgers has had good to great games since. And Aaron Rodgers looks like the old Aaron Rodgers of, that, that we've grown accustomed to, with all, even with all the distractions with the whole vaccine stuff and the, the, the broken toe. He's still getting the job done at an elite level. And I think people need to start considering the Packers as that elite team. Now, I think it's going to be Packers-Bucks again in the NFC Championship game. That's just the way I look at it. Or it's, or most likely it's, it's going to be, if not that, it'd probably be Cardinals and Packers. But I think it's going to be Packers-Bucks rematch part two. And I think right now the Packers, since they have a better defense, and I think the fact that Aaron Rodgers is playing still at elite level, I would slightly give them the chance over that. But, again, you can't bet on Tom Brady, but, again, it's Tom Brady, but necessarily. But the bigger point is that right now I think Green Bay is the best team in the NFL. And that's just where I go with it because they are clicking at all cylinders. They have a deep threat. And, again, right, with all the distractions with Aaron Rodgers, he's playing some of his best football of his career. So, clearly, it's not bothering him on the field. And I think that's important. And also, Matt LaFleur deserves some credit for the schemes he's doing offensively for his preparation. With all the criticism he got from not going for a fourth down in the NFC Championship game a year ago, he's doing a very good job this season at putting his team in successful places to get the job done. So that's just a way, ultimately, I look at this team. And those are my five NFL takeaways. If you want to hear more from the show, please subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify for the full episode. Thank you guys again for tuning in, and I will see you guys in a week. Have a good one.